and we'll check in with Tim Kelly from philliesnation.com, the editorial director, to get his take on some good, juicy Philly rumors. TK, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? I'm doing great, Jody. Good to talk to you. My pleasure. Always good to, to get you on, brother. Um, before we talk about rumors, let's talk about something that has actually happened. The Phillies acquired a couple pitchers from the Tampa Rays, uh, one via a waiver claim, one via a trade. I uh, don't know that either one of them are going to be guys that are going to save the season next year, but nice addition, strength in numbers. Do you like the two pitchers that the Phillies got from Tampa? Yeah, I think you pretty much said it right. You have open 40-man roster spots at this time of the year. Maybe those guys come to the spring training and ultimately make an impact at some point. It's also possible that before you even get that far, they're waived to make room for somebody else coming on the 40-man roster. So this time of the year, I think you take any of those waiver claims or small trades kind of with a grain of salt. Yeah, but I do. And if there's an organization I don't mind taking pitching from, it's Tampa. They seem to do a nice job of developing them and uh, get better while they're in Tampa, and they can carry that elsewhere. So I give Dabrowski and his crew credit for at least adding numbers to the Phillies pitching. All right, let's talk about uh, a little higher on the food chain on Philly pitching, and that's Aaron Nola. We know they didn't get a contract signed with him prior to the season. They negotiated, couldn't get anything done. Both sides agreed they would table it and just let him pitch for the entire season. Did see a report this week that the difference between Nola's ask and the Phillies' top offer was upwards of a hundred million dollars. So you know there's a major difference in the number of years that the two sides were looking come to come for an, uh, to an agreement. Uh, what has your sources, your research, told you about what Nola's looking for and what the Phillies were looking to do way back in March, and has that changed now that the season has come and gone? Well, I think way back in March, the thing you need to remember is he still had another year. So you're tacking whatever you sign on top of the remaining year that he had. Uh, I tend to think he's going to get six years. I think if a team goes to seven years, that maybe wins it. Or if they give him a a seventh-year option that's attainable, I think that that's maybe the team that ends up signing him. And I I think he deserves six years. I think the Phillies will be in the, the race for him. It's just a matter of uh, there could be five or six teams in addition to the Phillies that are World Series contenders. You go down the list of the Rangers, the Red Sox, the Giants, teams that the Cubs, the Cardinals, teams that intend to compete next year, the Dodgers, and need at least one starting pitcher, if not two. You look at pretty much every National League contender needs to add starting pitching this year. Uh, it's just you, you're not going to get a hometown discount, in my opinion, from Aaron Nola, because why Why would he do that? He, he, If it's not the Phillies, it's going to be some other contender. It's not as though to get the big money this offseason, he's going to have to go to Colorado or Kansas City. He's going to have other brand-name teams interested in him. So the Phillies are going to have to pay the price if they ultimately decide to re-sign him. And if not, they're going to have a hell of a time for whatever flaws he has replacing the durability that he's had over the last seven years, which is pretty amazing when you look back at it. I know it's water under the bridge, but and I keep going back to it uh, because that surprised me that the two sides were that far apart in March. I don't think I ever saw a report that said the gulf between the two was that big. Did the Phillies not seriously compete with an offer in March? Were they, were just, were they dead set on getting a hometown discount? 
if that report is at least in part accurate that there was this massive divide between the two parties, did the Phillies underestimate what Aaron Nola's value is? I don't think they underestimated. I just think when you do a deal a year early, you're going to do a deal on your terms. So Aaron Nola probably looked at the Steven Strasburg deal and said, well, I want that on top of whatever I have remaining. And the Phillies probably looked at more team-friendly deals like what they gave to Zach Wheeler or someone else like that and said, well, here, we'll add this on. That doesn't mean they won't ultimately meet in the middle. It's a matter of does Aaron Nola have to meet them in the middle or is there somebody willing to say, we'll give you six or seven years, maybe not eight years, but we'll give you six or seven years and pay you at the top of the line and will the Phillies ultimately match that? I don't know the exacts of that, but I know Bob Nightingale reported on that. John Heyman reported on that. So it does seem like they were quite a bit apart in spring training, but I don't know that that necessarily means that they can't bridge that gap. It's just, again, is Nola really compelled to bridge that gap this offseason? I kind of think no. All right. Working from the assumption that they're not going to get a deal done and that Aaron Nola could be pitching elsewhere next year. Also reports this week that the Phillies would be interested in, again, national writers, uh, getting another high-profile free agent pitcher, the two other best free agent pitchers that are out there who got qualifying offers, let me remind everybody, are Sonny Gray and uh, uh, Blake Snell from the Padres and the Twins, respectively. I like both pitchers. I think they're both very good. I think the three pitchers, if you put Noel in the conversation, are all very comparable. But if you go get one of those other guys, you're going to have to pay not only the price to get him signed, but also a compensation because you're signing someone else's free agent who got a contract offer as a free agent. Are they really going to be able and willing to do that? They've done it the last couple of years. They had to give up draft pick because of the signing of Trey Turner. I guess you could say that the Phillies don't bat an eye at that stuff, but I think maybe they should. Do you think that's realistic, that if they don't get Nola done, if he signs somewhere else, that Snell or uh, Sonny Gray is a realistic possibility for Philadelphia? Well, you're right about that. It, it, at the very least, it has to be a consideration. You've given up a lot of draft picks to sign major free agents the last few years. And it's one thing when you're signing Bryce Harper or Zach Wheeler or whoever. When you're, I, I look at those three pitchers, and I think Aaron Nola is the one I would bet on. Blake Snell might be the best. Aaron Nola, to me, is the one that I would bet the contract age is the best of those ones. So there's not a massive gap. I don't think you're looking at it coming in the next season if you sign Blake Snell and saying, oh, my God, the Phillies are so much better than they were this year. I don't think they are. He's pitched over 130 innings twice in his career. So I would be concerned about that. Sonny Gray has had a lot of success in smaller markets, but when he pitched for the Yankees, it did not go well, so that would be a little concerning to me too. Both of those guys, it makes sense for the Phillies to be interested in, and it makes even more sense for them to put out that they're interested in him right now and maybe try to put a little squeeze on Aaron Nola and say, we will pivot if you don't start to come down to a little bit closer to where we're at. So to, to me, that was the bigger story, is that the Phillies are putting this out there, making sure it's known, and I, I think kind of signaling this isn't going to be a situation where they go back and forth with Aaron Nola until Valentine's Day. Like I, I think they're either going to feel like they can bridge the gap or they're going to pivot in another direction. And to be honest with you, I think the better direction, if you're not going with Noah, would be to go towards a trade. 
So you think this was actually calculated by the Phillies. Very interesting. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out going forward. All right, another topic of conversation this week, and it made some sense to me. Shoot, I said it right here on WIP. Depending on what Bryce Harper said about his desire to either go back to the outfield or be at first base, to me would dictate whether the Phillies would entertain offers for Nick Castellanos this offseason. If Bryce is going back to right field, well, that means you're moving Castellanos to left. It starts to be a little muddled outfield. It made sense to me. And then there were some reports that the Phillies were shopping Nick Castellanos. Don't know if that was true. And then reports that said the Phillies have no intention on trading Nick Castellanos. I don't know if that is true. What is your read on Nick Castellanos and this offseason with the Phillies? Well, I would think probably both of those reports were true at the time that they were reported. I I would say, like, the Phillies probably had no reason not to at least gauge what was out there for Nick Castellanos and see whether that made sense. Once, though, they decided Bryce Harper's playing first base, I don't think it, it would be very difficult to move Nick Castellanos and in addition to that, you're probably not going to get much of a return. You're going to have to eat money. And then you would have to sign another outfielder. I think at best that becomes kind of a, a lateral move. I think the, the most likely scenario here is what happened is that the Phillies, before deciding Bryce Harper was going back to first, just kind of wanted to know what was out there for Nick Castellanos and see if having Harper go to right and bringing back Reese Hoskins was a possibility. To do that, though, like you said, you'd probably have to move Castellanos. And they probably didn't want that out there. Somebody probably got it out there. By that point, I would imagine the Phillies had already realized there's not going to be an offer that makes us want to move Castellanos. So they're kind of putting the toothpaste back in the tube with the the Buster-only report uh, is what I would guess the other day. Which, by the way, I have to ask this question because of the way you stated it. The Phillies decided Bryce Harper at first base. Do you believe that was the major motivating factor, or do you believe that Bryce Harper more dictated terms and said, yeah, I think I'm a first baseman now, and the Phillies said, okey-doke, if that's the way you want to play it, we'll move forward. Do you think it was the Phillies' call to Bryce or Bryce's call on the Phils? I think it was probably mutual, but you're right. Bryce Harper gets what he wants. Um, <laughs> but I think the, the the Phillies probably have a reason to want him there. And I, I think both sides can look at it and say, for as productive as Bryce Harper's been over the last three or four years, he hasn't exactly been averaging 162 games a season. Now, True. a lot of those are, are freak injuries. But the biggest thing, and he's talked about wanting to get to 600 home runs or alluded to it, talked about wanting to play until he's 45. You need to stay healthy to do that, and I think taking some pressure off of him defensively, which at first base is not easy, but it's less stress on your lower body for sure and your arm than playing in the outfield is. So I think it made sense for all parties involved. It it is a little awkward because Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins were friends. I think when he came here, those two kind of hit it off, but that's the business of baseball. All right, uh, last one for you. Well, maybe I got two more. Uh, It became a topic of conversation here on WIP during the week. And it's always fun. It's always good. I understand where it comes from. Mike Trout to the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I just don't believe it. I don't see it. I understand that Trout has had his career in L.A. and he's gotten absolutely nowhere. And he needs to play on the playoff stage. And the Phillies are certainly a playoff team. And we know he's a local kid who's a diehard Eagle fan. So there's a lot of tentacles to the octopus that is uh, Trout to the Phils. 
But is there really any meat on the bone there? The general manager said from the Angels this week, we have no desire to trade Mike Trout. He didn't say, it's not happening, because then you take Trout off and you say, uh, he's not going to be a happy camper. He wants to play his cards very carefully and close to the vest. I think he did a pretty good job this week of telling everybody at the general manager's meeting, we're not looking to trade Mike Trout by any stretch of the imagination. Is this all just good, fun, sports talk radio banter? Well, if GMs are always going to do that. A few years ago, the uh, Seahawks weren't looking to trade Russell Wilson, and then 48 hours later, he was on the Broncos. So they're never going to come out and say that, especially about a star player. And ultimately, what happens with Otani is probably going to determine what happens with Trout. I would say, as far as the Phillies, the Phillies are not usually shy when they plan to make a big investment. The year before, years really, before Machado and Harper became free agents, you knew the Phillies were going to be in on it. It was the worst kept secret in the world they were going to be in on Trey Turner last offseason. There haven't been those type of reports about Mike Trout. And I just think at a certain point, you can't have every player on your team be 32 or 33 with five or six years left on their contract. Um, And frankly, if I was Mike Trout, and maybe athletes are wired to think differently than this. I don't know that I would want to come play in whatever the closest to his hometown would be. Because if it doesn't go well, if you're injured, if whatever the case is, then your hometown kind of turns on you for the rest of your life. So if I was him, I would want to get out. I don't know if the Phillies are the team I'd want to come to if I was him. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens. I don't think it's going to be the Phillies, though. No, nor do I. And, oh, by the way, it's 7250 left on the Trout contract. So you're making a major, major, major investment if you're going out and getting Mike Trout. Uh, all right, last one I lied. I got one more question. And I know this is probably one the Phillies don't want us discussing, but I don't care. Um, Rob Thompson's on the last year of his contract now. Um, he is, quote, unquote, a potential lame duck manager. I think there's something to that. When you're the guy who's in charge of the entire room and making the decision and the like, and you're a, players do it all the time. But players know that, and everybody knows that, and players get it. Managers are different because baseball players, you can go to any sport that you want. For the most part, you're responsible for yourself. Yeah, you could be a leader, and then there's some added responsibilities. But your main job is to be responsible for yourself. The manager has to be responsible for all 26 guys. So I think there is something to the lame duck aspect of a manager's contract. Will the Phillies talk about extending Rob Thompson? Tim Kelly's opinion, should the Phillies be talking about extending Rob Thompson? Yeah, I mean, the Phillies hadn't gone to the playoffs in 10 years, and then with Rob Thompson, they've gone to the World Series and to Game 7 of the NLCS. That doesn't mean there weren't mistakes. It also doesn't mean that he's solely responsible for that. But I wouldn't be in a hurry to move on with that from that guy. Now, it's a little weird to me they didn't put an option for another year in his contract. Like, that's kind of the way you can get out of these things is just say, well, we have the option there. He's not really a lame duck. Uh, so I'm a little surprised they didn't do that. They touched on it, both Thompson and Dave Dombrowski, in the year-end press conference. It sounded like, yeah, there's some interest, but there wasn't anything hard and fast. I'll just say like uh, Rob Thompson doesn't care about anything. Like nothing bothers him before. uh, I forget if it was before game six or game seven, uh, we were meeting with him and he was passing out gum to like, like it's just nothing seems to bother him when everybody else in the stadium is like 
on their toes. He is just as calm as possible. And that has its blessings and its curses, I suppose. But I, I don't think that he's someone that's going to be bothered by uh, if he is a quote-unquote lame duck. I think he just kind of shrugs his shoulders. He said at one point during the playoffs, I was planning to retire, so everything is kind of gravy from here. What he has said, though, is that he would like to manage for an extended period with the Phillies, and becoming a manager kind of rejuvenated him. So I tend to think he'll be the Phillies manager beyond next year, but it'll be an interesting storyline if he isn't extended before spring training. I'm sure that's something that will be talked about. Down I certainly agree with that. And, oh, by the way, everything you said about Rob Thompson right on point, except much like you said, uh, things change. Uh, it could be one thing one day and then something else the other. Seattle uh, Mar- uh, Seahawks. Well, we're not trading Russell Wilson. 48 hours later, they trade Russell Wilson. So some, at some point, something can be said, and then it can change. This offseason, the, the managerial salaries did change drastically with the deal yeah. Craig Council got from the Cubs. So when, when all of a sudden the position is now being respected in the game again, if Rob Thompson starts to think, hey, how about a little respect coming my way? I surely wouldn't have a problem with that. Right, so. but Craig Council was out there and a team with a, a manager hired him. The Phillies, if they were uh, down on Rob Thompson, could have done that, and there's no evidence they were in that discussion at all. So I, I think that kind of tells you how they feel about Rob Thompson. Understood, but uh, I just hope it's something that gets done during this offseason because I'm a fan of the manager. I'm a fan of Tim Kelly's as well. Does a great job for philliesnation.com and whenever he jumps on here with us on WIP. TK, always a pleasure. Thank you, brother. All right, thanks. Tim Kelly here with us on 94 WIP.